There's a certain level of trust that needs to be established between company leaders and their employees to create a positive, productive work environment. So leaders can give employees guidance and support and then let go. They don't feel like they need to micromanage because they have confidence the work will be done well. And employees take ownership of their responsibilities in return. That's what Alexander Sen is teaching us today. What happens with people when you really trust them, when you empower them, you need to give them guidance about what do we want to achieve as a team, as a company. They need to have a clear view on the strategy, but then let them go. And then magic happens because when you give someone the trust and the feeling of you can do that, I believe in you, it's just amazing what happens. Alex is head of people and organization at Siemens Smart Infrastructure, a business within Siemens working to intelligently connect energy systems, buildings, and industry. And there are 70,000 employees within Smart Infrastructure alone, with 300,000 overall. With that many employees, he's seen how important trust is between leaders and their team. Today, Alex is sharing with us the benefits of replacing performance reviews with growth talks, how to handle being challenged by an employee, and the importance of a trusting culture at work. On Cruising Altitude, we talk about employee experience lessons from leaders at companies with over 30,000 employees. A lot like reaching cruising altitude at 30,000 feet, things look a little different when you're managing 30,000 people. On this podcast, we bring you insights from the leaders who inhabit that rarefied air. Today's episode features an interview with Alexander Sen. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Cruising Altitude is brought to you by Social Course. Social Course is the creator of First Up, the platform that makes the digital employee experience work for every worker. First Up brings personalized information and systems access to every employee everywhere, no matter whether they're wired, distributed, or on the front line. That's how we help Amazon, AB InBev, GSK, and many others stay agile and keep transforming. Learn more at socialchorus.com. Siemens Smart Infrastructure is a key pillar of Siemens AG. Smart Infrastructure addresses the pressing challenges of urbanization, climate change, and connecting energy systems, buildings, and industries, supporting smarter, more resilient, sustainable, and human-centric cities for people and businesses. And we can divide our business in three major areas, electrification buildings, like building automation, control system, access control, security technology, and also electrical products like components in every electrical network. Before we really take off, let's take a look at Siemens Smart Infrastructure at a glance in the flight plan. Nice and light today, and we are up and out of here. So who are the 70,000 employees who are part of Smart Infrastructure? We have quite a number of job families. So it's technicians, it's service people, we have software developers, we have manufacturing, people are working in manufacturing, sales, R&D, so quite a, a wide population we are recruiting and uh, try to uh, retain. You'd think that with that volume of employees doing all sorts of different jobs, Alex would face some unique challenges, but he doesn't really see it that way. I mean, it's not a challenge, it's an opportunity. And maybe you would think now I start with talking about technology and processes but this is not the biggest challenge, I think, or the biggest opportunity is the culture and especially the leadership culture, because I strongly believe that the biggest lever in creating really employee experiences is leadership. And that's why we decided in Siemens to focus on 
two strategic initiatives. We really want to establish a culture of empowerment and also growth mindset. So out of four strategic priorities in Siemens, two of them are strongly people and culture related, empowerment and growth mindset. And we strongly believe that creates an, an excellent employee experience. And there are many more people than him who take ownership of the employee experience. It's the leaders, it's the people, it's the business. Because always people think, oh, this is people in the organization or that function. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, it's the leaders and also the employees, but we can help them, right? We can um, work on trainings, guide them, coach them. We can implement concept to enable them. But at the end of the day, the job needs to be done by the business and, 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 and by the leaders. So we're just getting to know more about Siemens Smart Infrastructure. But look who it is, your personal flight attendant coming with your complimentary pre-flight drink. Because we're about to get into what makes Siemens a first-class place to work. So what does fostering the best employee experience mean? The best experience. So that they join us and that they stay and that they really can fulfill their potential. So. We want to create an environment that really everyone can grow and that everyone can bring their best performance. I think this is the key. This is absolutely key. And yes, we need processes and yes, we need technology that help to create that environment. But as I said at the beginning, at the end of the day, it's the culture and, and, and especially the leadership culture that really then give that room to our people to, to grow and to to find their own way within Siemens to fulfill their potential they have. And because I strongly believe everyone could be a star in something, we just need to find out what is the area someone can bring in his or her skills in, in, in the best way. Sometimes creating a best-in-class experience means doing away with traditional or legacy processes if you're finding they aren't actually that effective and trying something new. In the past, I mean, we had performance management process, right? Setting targets at the beginning of the year and then at the end of the year, rate our people. And we realized this is not helping to really establish a growth mindset culture and a positive culture where people really want to grow and maybe try new things and try to make mistakes because somehow it was a little bit the, the judging of people at the end of the year and with that process, also the leaders, they had at the beginning of the year a conversation and then maybe at the middle of the year and then at the end of the year. But with that, this is not helping to establish really a continuous feedback culture. So that's why we said, hey, why are we are having that? Why are we are forcing our people, our leaders, our employees to go through such a process, which we believe that it's not helping. So that's why we decided just we need to get rid of that process. And then we decide, okay, we stop that. And then we want to create a culture of continuous dialogue each and every day, whenever it's needed, to give each other feedback, to talk about the future, to talk about what are the learnings someone needs to invest in, to giving each other feedback after a meeting, after a workshop. And then we implemented growth talks. And growth talks is all about really to take the time to reflect what someone needs, where are the areas of development areas and what can I do as a leader to support my, my employees? 
And with the clear goal that every day can be a growth talks. Every After every meeting can be a moment of, of growth talks. And then we talk with our people about what happened, what can we learn out of it, and what kind of support someone needs. And this is now, we started that journey one and a half years ago. We're in the middle of it. But I can already see it's a difference. It's a different culture of how people feel, how they behave, also within the team, uh, the interactions with leaders. And it's much more positive, future-oriented, and really the, the spirit of growing, learning, achieving something together. And I strongly believe it's also because we got rid of performance management, ratings, and now really established growth talks. But trying something will also mean handling change management, of course. That's when measuring your initiative success comes in and being able to show data supporting the change. I'm open and honest with you. Um, change is not always easy for people because, uh, to be really honest with you, it was much easier for leaders just to have one conversation at the beginning of the year, another conversation at the end of the year, and now I'm a little bit black and white. I know there are leaders, they also did a great job and had regular conversations also with the old process. So don't get me wrong, but now black and white, they said, oh, now I need to give my people targets, but what can I do then with underperformer when I can't rate them at the end of the year? And we then said with data, and you always need to convince people with data, especially also in our arena of, of HR, is we said, hey, when we look into data, we found out that the so-called underperformer, uh, they were rated in the past very good. So you just couldn't find a pattern where you can see this is strongly linked to performance. And then we also had good discussions about, oh, in the most of the jobs, it's quite difficult to really make the performance transparent. I mean, when is a, I don't know, a three in a scale of one to five? When is a five a five? How can you judge that? How can you, as a leader, really make sure or uh, that you're sure this is a four, that person is a four and a five? That is quite difficult. And we invested so much time and we really discussed them with them. We created an, a platform where we had conversation with leaders that were maybe a little bit uncertain what's going to happen. And, and then I was part of a lot of these discussions and then I asked them questions. Do you think it's good to invest time now, hours in management teams to discuss who is a three, who is a four and be open and honest? We invest a lot about convincing why that person is a three and a four. We should focus on content, on the why behind, on behaviors, what need a person to learn, where to unlearn. And that convinced somehow the leaders and they tried it out. And when I talked to them today, they are convinced about growth talks because they realized, hey, it's much better not to convincing others why someone three or four really talking about uh, the quality, about content, about the areas of learning, what are the top performance, why are they the top top performance. So we don't spend time on ratings, scaling, just content. And this is, the, this is all about uh, uh, when we're talking about growth talks. For example, the first initiatives I would say is the new normal guidance is the way we want to work after the pandemic. So in the new normal, and we discussed in the, uh, together with the board two years ago, 
how do we want to work after pandemic? So what are the, the, the guiding principles? And then we said, we don't want to go back like we worked before the pandemic. Like, I don't know, everyone came every day to the office because we learned during the pandemic it's working. Mobile working is working much more efficient. We reduce costs. It was quite easy to have very good online meetings. And then we said, let's give our people a guidance. And then we said, in the future, we want to empower our people. They can decide when and where they want to work. So, and we said, we assume that every one of us can work three days a week mobile when they want. We empower them, they can decide, but we wanted to give them also some a little bit of guidance of, we assume that three days, because we believe we still need to come together for certain reasons, workshops, team buildings, whatever, but we don't want that leaders, they're calling their people back to the office like it was maybe before the pandemic. And this is maybe, I would say, best practice, and we can see it also in the, in the feedbacks from employees that was really perceived very well, because it's a clear signal of trust. We trust you, we believe in you, we empower you. You know best where you can bring your best performance and when. So this is, I think, a best example. And we should not forget the blue color. Also here, we are working on much more flexibility, but this is then definitely a challenge for an industry like we are in with blue color and white color. This is clear, but it should not stop us um, inventing such um, um, an initiatives for, for white colors, as explained before. Alex has said before that employees need fewer rules, but more trust and empowerment, and that it will pay off with higher engagement and impact from them. That's such a powerful statement and something that he has learned from experience. I just observed and realized what happens with people when you really trust them, when you empower them, you need to give them guidance about what do we want to achieve as a team, as a company. They need to have a clear view on the strategy, but then let them go. And then magic happens because when you give someone the trust and the feeling of you can do that, I believe in you, it's just amazing what happens. When you do it the other way around, you don't trust, you control them, it creates fear. It creates, oh, I only do what Alex wants me to do. And this is wrong because I strongly believe it's not me with the best ideas. It's the team with the best ideas. Diverse people together in a team create the best solutions. And then we as leaders, we need to step back. We give our team the room. And the beauty of that is there is a lot of learning happening because, yes, there are mistakes. But with mistakes, this is a learning and you only learn with, with mistakes because otherwise you're not taking risks. You're always going the, the safe path and always taking the safe route is, brings not an innovation and success. Stronger belief. We need to take risks. And just of my own experience, I really want to, to say it here to every leader, try it out and you will see your team will outperform and bring the much better performance than in the past when they were in a controlled environment. Part of Alexander's success has been leading his teams right along with them. He changed the culture of leadership and surprised employees when he first started. When I joined, I can now really join Siemens and maybe the culture and in, in, in the team. The beginning was a little bit different because they were somehow looking at me and asking me for guidance, for input. 
And then when we had discussions, then when I said something, then they said, ah, okay, this is then our decision. I said, no, this is just my, my view on it and just let's discuss it. And at the beginning, they were surprised or also said, hey, but we need your guidance. And no, I mean, you, you have the job, you have the right skills and you don't need me because it's you. You own the task, you own that, that, that job or that, that project, whatever. And what happened then, when I talked to people half a year and a year later, they said, oh, Alex, it's just amazing to see I can do much more. And they really realized what kind of potential they have. And, and, that the, uh, and now this is a totally different game. When we have a discussion, I'm like in the middle of a, a team discussion and I'm like a team member with no more rights. My answer is not counting more than, than others. And I said at the beginning, the best idea is out of a discussion of a diverse group, diverse team with different aspects. This is then the change that, that happened and wonderful to see. Yes, maybe difficult for me sometimes because it's not always my idea. And to be really honest with you, I love when my idea is perceived as the best and we, we, we're going that direction. I love that. Everyone loves that. But you need to learn as a leader, it's not always the best idea. The best idea is always comes out of a team of a discussion, different aspects. But how does Alexander know when things are going well? To measure everything we do is very important because especially also in, in, the, in the people in the organization arena is important because we talk about culture, about behavior, and then it has a tendency that we talk, ah, I've heard this is good, I've heard this is not good, and this is, this is dangerous because you should always talk facts and data. And you can do that also in our arena. So that's why I'm really happy that we have established an employee survey. We're conducting three times a year. So we have really, not every second year we have feedback because, I mean, in our fast moving business would be too late. So we have somehow data points every three to four months. And we can clearly see a difference when we compare data out of the employee survey two years ago and now it's a huge difference. We increased our uh, results or the feedback from our people in each and every dimension. All questions increased numbers, better results, and that ends then with an all-time high in, in our employee net promoter score. And I think, I'm not quite sure, um, I think it's 35 and this is, uh, I would say, excellent for such a big company like, like Siemens, a big and global company like Siemens is. And then I can also say, okay, and then look at our business results. And I'm quite proud to say that also here Siemens is all-time high, record year last year. And I believe also, not only, but also because our new way of working, cultural change initiatives, not only, but also strongly believe that. Another thing he measures is the professional development of employees. They've developed a learning platform to upskill workers. We invest a lot in, in learning um, that we strongly believe that in five years we need to re and upskill. We need to learn new skills in different areas. So that's why we need to really invest in, in learning. And really in, in each and every individual needs to learn new skills or unlearn also. And to help our employees and give them a little bit of direction, we developed a learning platform that is individualized. And what does it mean? So the, the platform knows who is logged in and then what are the needs. And with the, 
the trainings offered and, and I choose then the trainings, the platform is learning. And you can also, as a leader, you can say, oh, for my job, for me, for my team, this is what we need to learn. And these are the trainings my people need to attend. So you can also guide them, give them clear direction. The platform gives you also recommendations. What could be of interest for you? Uh, you can also ask for what do I need to learn when I want to become, I don't know, data analyst, software engineer, and they know what do you need to maybe to develop it in that area. So this is, I would say, excellent technology, still working on it. Having said that, and I'm coming back to the leadership and you, you see it's like a red tip through my whole conversation. It's all about leadership because at the end of the day, coming back to growth talks, this is the moment to talk about the future and what you need in the growth talks. And then you can, yes, offer them trainings in the learning world, but at the end of the day, it's much more learning on the job, etc. But as I said, I think the learning world is great technology that will help us to re and upskill in, in the right areas. Siemens Smart Infrastructure also helps employees develop leadership skills. People join a company and leave a leader. This is true. The difference of an excellent employee experience always ends with the relationship within the team, with the leaders. And so that's why we have a really strong focus on developing our leaders, explaining them why empowerment is so important, what they need to change. We offer them learnings. Um, uh, we really try to bring maybe the, the critical leaders, they're not believing in empowering together with people they are thought leaders in empowering that they really hear directly from them and what they have achieved when they have empowered their, their, their people. So I think this is the key, key element, I would say. And then I believe we need to create opportunities. So people need to learn, they need to grow. So they need to also be able to take a next step in their career. So that's why it's so important to, to have a, a transparent internal job market that we work on a proper succession planning, that we identifying the, the talents and we give them opportunities and we also create opportunities. Sometimes we have not enough opportunities for young, talented people because when someone is at top of the game, at top of the career, they don't want to, to move because it's great up there or with that big responsibility. But I think we need to learn that we need to step back and make some room for, for talents. For example, myself, I love my job. I'm now in the job for three years. I could imagine to do the job for the next 15 years, but that would not be good for the company and for the organization. So that's why I promise you, I don't know, I will step back in four to five years because it's good someone is taking over, um, maybe bring in some new ideas, and creates a, a different uh, dynamic. I strongly believe that. So we need to establish also a little bit a culture of, of, of movement within the company. Mentoring, coaching, this is definitely something we offer, right? Because also leaders, they're not born as leaders. They need to learn. And I think coaching, mentoring is helping because then they have someone to reflect situation. And I think we have also here the employee survey data, they help us to reflect then as people in the organization, business partners with our leaders, look at the results and, and, and also 
to have the dialogue with the team to reflect together with the team about the results and, and what needs to be changed. So asking your team, hey, what, what do you want to tell me? And not only in the, in the, in the survey, really in a round table, open and honest and then agree. What are you asking for? What do I need to change? What do I need to learn? And I think that creates then a, a learning culture also within the leadership teams and within the leaders. And with that, I believe you can clearly see who has potential to become a leader or to take on a bigger responsibility because we have the data and we have the feedback from the employees. And we should, listening to our employees, who is really a good leader? Because good employees, they choose to work for a good leader. Alex has also talked about the importance of employees challenging the status quo. And it's important for leaders to be able to handle that kind of challenge. To be challenged as a leader is not always easy because maybe you're proud of something because you have, I don't know, developed something together with your team and um, implemented and it's successful. And then you have someone joining the, the team from outside and it's then challenging our own process, initiatives, idea. The natural reaction right away is to defend and this is not good. First, you need to listen to understand what is then challenged, the reason why, and really listen, 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 listen. And then really step out of your role and that you are in charge of that, I don't know, process, whatever, and really to look at it like as a consultant and say, yes, maybe she or he is right, and then try to change and, and be open for change, but then track, is it improving do we achieve better results? And I think this is the key. So that's why I said at the beginning, you need to measure almost everything you're implementing, especially in the support functions, because then you can always change, adapt to the, to the needs, to the changing environment, and then track is then the change you have just implemented or initiated. Is it creating impact or not? I think this is the key question. Do we create impact with what, what, you, what we are doing. We've been cruising right along until now, because just like we can learn a lot when the employee experience goes well, there's a lot to learn when things don't go so well. So hold on tight. We're taking a look at the turbulent side of employee experience. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the Alex says he's seen examples of a bad employee experience, and it comes back to the leaders. There are always examples, wrong leadership behavior. Leaders didn't realize in which situation an employee is and then not listening and maybe also not caring for employees. And all about that you put yourself in the shoes of others and try to understand and then not judge and you're not performing, etc., Maybe ask yourself, why is that person not performing? What can we do? And this is maybe um, all these kind of situations that ends then really, really not good at the end. These are maybe the, the examples that comes to mind. It's not a implementation of an IT tool. Yes, there are also some examples where we did not talk to the business right from the beginning or they were part in development. We thought this is exactly the process we need and not asking somehow the customers and at the end implement it and then we got the feedback that maybe could have been done a little bit differently. But I think this is not really the bad experience. No one will leave a company because of a tool 
or because of a process, they will leave the company because of the culture. But don't get me wrong, because I don't wonder, oh, Alex is now caring and we need to be nice with people. This is not what I mean. To care means also to be very tough sometimes in a situation when someone is not, I don't know, is not fulfilling the requirements or she or he doesn't do the job. Then we need to tell them. Or when we think and we try it, it's not the right job and we try to um, to invest in training, etc. and someone is really not fulfill the requirements, then we need to act. And this is also caring. So also to to end a contract with someone or to say, hey, I think we should go different different ways, this is also caring. And I remember, and as a P&O head, you have this kind of situation where you're also involved in outplacement, whatever. And when I talked to people and they didn't like what we did back then, and they said, we're not fair, etc. When I talk to them years later, they say, oh, Alex, this is the best what could have happened to me because I realized I really need to change and I realized it was really not the right job and maybe also not the right environment at that time. And I think this is key. So that's why this is important. Huh? What I mean with care is listening to understand what is going on, what can I do, how can I support? But when you then realize as a leader, as a company, that you did everything, then it also needs to come to an end. And uh, sometimes uh, someone needs to uh, open a new chapter for, for, for himself or herself. He says it's important to distinguish between the person and the employee and to promote healthy boundaries around work and life. We all have a role. And some tough decisions, it's the decision of the role and not of the human being, Alex, as a person. And now it sounds a little bit strange, but it is true. I have a job here with my responsibilities and uh, I need to make sure that I do everything to support the business, that the business is successful. And if someone is hindering that, then uh, I need to take a decision that is maybe also hard for individuals, but uh, I do it in my role. And uh, um, that helps me a lot. This is not me as a human being, this is the role. And it also helps that I love that people have a strong bond with, the, with an employer or with Siemens, uh, high engagement, but I see also a risk here. We should also have all of us um, a healthy distance to a company because it's not all about the job and the company. I think family, yourself, you're much more important, your health, what you love, what you like, who you are, you are not the company, you're not the role. The role is the role. And maybe you will leave the role one day or the company decides you need to go, you need to leave that role. So that's why it's so important. We need to keep a distance. We need to be very engaged, but we need to keep somehow um, a healthy distance. Of course, the pandemic has affected that work-life balance. In other words, it's easy to let work take over unless you intentionally set breaks for yourself and encourage employees to do the same. We are in a difficult situation since two years because, and I also needed to learn to really to, to organize my life differently at home because there is an intensity that you're 24-7 on and this is definitely not good. And I'm always bringing the example of, of a sportsman, woman, they also pause by purpose. They say, when I have a big event, I pause before. They're not working like hell training the day before. 
And I think we need to learn to high perform, high engaged, but then not engaged, pause, do something different, not opening email, checking emails. I think we need to learn not to check emails. We need to learn just to be off. Um, I think otherwise, I, I see a big risk that we see, and you, you see the numbers of people with burnouts like that, it's increasing. And this is also because people, they have unlearned to pause, to break, to do something different than being in a virtual world. And with during the pandemic, this is definitely something. And we, has, we invested a lot in that. And we really said to our people, we organized, discussed it, and we shared openly that I also struggled. I, in a conversation, in a roundtable, I also said, I struggled at the beginning. And I realized I need to change now something because otherwise... And my performance on it was not always at my best level uh, at the beginning of the pandemic because almost uh, five, six days online all the time. Then I said, I need to change something. And then I really said, because also lunch breaks, or I had done meetings also during lunch break because it's so easy. I said, I need to stop that. And then I took a decision, three actions. First action was started jogging again, two, three days a week. Wonderful. Second was um, lunch breaks again and not marked private in the calendar. Everyone could see Alex needs food and needs a break. And then also, and I think that's what may be most important, also going out for a walk, 30 minutes, during afternoon. I really said now, afternoon, I need a blocker of 30 minutes to just go out for a walk. And that was really, really helpful. And that brought me back to my normal performance level I have. You need to be somehow a role model and you need also to talk about what you're struggling with as a leader because we have the tendency in our society, the leaders, the top leaders, they are the superheroes. They know everything. They can work 24 hours. They are, they are a little bit different and I don't believe so. And I think when I did that, then also my people they shared what they're struggling with. And this, that gives me then the opportunity to help them. You know what I mean? So showing them that you're also vulnerable, that you also uh, are in a challenged situation and what you do with it, that definitely helps then then the new people that they say, okay, I think I also need to change. When Alex goes out for a walk during the day, I also can do it. So that's why... I say it by purpose. Hey, I just come now back from a wonderful walk or also had some shoe fixes uh, while I was outside walking. said, hey, sorry, do you need to show me slides? Because I would love to go with you together out for a walk uh, and then uh, put my headphone on. And um, that was wonderful. And that really then was somehow a little bit inspirational also for my people. Overall, he says, be humble, try not to judge and lead by example. The best advice for someone in my role for the first time would be listening. Don't take yourself too important. Listening to your people, try to understand where are they and, and maybe what do they need? What can you do as a leader to help them? It's not you that need to be in the middle of everything. It's the team and you should stand behind the team, coach them, advise them. So ask yourself not what the team can do for you, Ask the other way around, what can you do for the team? I see so many, so many leaders, especially in, in top management leadership teams, they grew up differently. They are somehow trained to judge 
when they start presenting, yeah, this is not good, this is missing, this is missing. But that creates a, an environment of fear and you're not listening. And I think we as leaders should really start listening. First, try to understand, because especially when you have experienced 20 years, then you're quite fast in judging because I did that. I, we had that two years ago try, but then you're not listening, but maybe the idea is much better than what we tried to do in the past. So this is so key and it's so, so good. No, so funny to see also how in Siemens peers, they are struggling and they're always going back in their old behavior and role. And they really try to, hey, stop. We need to encourage people. We need to ask questions. Not always judging because you're on level two. Doesn't mean you're smarter or the idea is better or you know everything. And I think that's what we need to realize. But he says, don't be so hard on yourself because good leadership is a learned and practiced skill. We need to also understand as employ employers, employees, the leaders, they need to learn. We give them time. And then also small step of improvement is good and it's going in the right direction. Always I talk to employees and they're telling me, yeah, my leader is not empowering me, et cetera. But then I ask, is he or she different than if behaves he or she differently than two years ago? I said, yes, 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 it's much better. And I said, okay, then look at that and, and tell them or her or him, hey, this is great. This is excellent. The change is excellent. But can we do try that? You know, the small steps of change is also change. Change not going to happen overnight, especially when it comes to behavior, then it needs time. And with time, you'll be building trust with employees, supporting their growth, and watching the magic happen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cruising Altitude. This episode is brought to you by First Up the company that is redefining the digital employee experience to put people first and lift companies up by connecting every worker everywhere with the information that helps them do their best work. First Up has helped over 40% of the Fortune 100 companies like Amazon, AB Bev, Ford, and Pfizer stay agile and keep transforming. Learn more at firstup.io.